coming along now. You know, we got we got him playing at a high level. We get Charles Manning back. He was playing at an extremely high level coming into that, and Hyatt's giving us good minutes. Like we're we're starting to we're starting to build. I'm 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 excited about what we can what we can do here moving forward. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Boot Up, the LSU Basketball Podcast. I am Cody Warsham, digital media reporter for LSU Athletics, coming to you on a Thursday morning. LSU on Tuesday night improved to 6-0 in the SEC with a win over Florida. An interesting win over Florida, a, uh, a game that LSU seemed to have pretty comfortably in hand and then struggled to close it out late. But uh, a win nonetheless, and LSU moves to 6-0 in the SEC, 14-4 and overall, seven straight wins heading into a part of the schedule where I think they can pick up a couple of wins. They go to Texas on Saturday, uh, a Texas team that is struggling quite a bit, part of the uh, SEC Big 12 Challenge, and then two home games in a row next week, so three straight home SEC games for a team that's been actually better on the road uh, in SEC play over the last couple of years than at home. Although, let's be honest, we're at a point right now where LSU is, is over the last two years, the cream of the crop in the SEC. Last two seasons, 6-0 and this year in conference play, 16-2 and last year. You're now 22-2 and over your last two seasons in SEC play. And that's a credit to Will Wade, his staff, their ability to adapt to personnel, to recruit players that can come in and, and and elevate the program to where they are. And uh, you're in a position now where you've got, after Texas on Saturday, Alabama at home, which Alabama's been playing well. I think they just knocked off Auburn. Uh, I think they were they, they handed Auburn their first loss of the season uh, in SEC play, and they've won four out of five in the conference. So Alabama playing well. and uh, but, but still, LSU has that one at home, should be favored in that one. And then you have uh, Ole Miss at home, who you just beat on the road. And then Vanderbilt at home, which is uh, that 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 should be a sequence of games that if LSU keeps playing the way they've been playing, should get them to nine and zero in the conference. Going into the toughest stretch of this schedule, you go to Auburn on February eighth. That'll be a challenge. Um, you'll get you'll go to Alabama shortly after that, and then Kentucky at home, and then Florida on the road uh, in kind of a, a two week stretch. So LSU could go into that stretch uh, in a really good spot. Um, they've certainly taken care of business so far. On today's show, I plan to um, have an interview with with Emmett Williams that I did much earlier in the season, actually. Uh, I think this was probably four or five games into the season, but it was kind of sitting out there in the ether. Hadn't played it yet. Just just for context, you'll kind of hear some stuff that from earlier in the season that maybe doesn't, uh, that doesn't sound as timely, but there's still some interesting stuff in that interview with Emmett, so we'll get to that in a little bit. Before that, I kind of want to recap the Florida game uh, where LSU is right now, some trends that have emerged since the last episode uh, in about the last week of LSU basketball. I mentioned the win over Florida. Before that, LSU went to Ole Miss. Also an overtime win uh, over Texas A&M uh, a few games back, three games back. So I kind of want to touch on some trends that have emerged uh, in that time for LSU and, uh, and, and also recap the Florida game. And then just a little quick preview of the Texas game. So a couple of things that have, have stood out to me in LSU's recent run of games, and uh, this is something that I wrote about after the Florida game. Right now, I think through six games, Skyler Mays is the SEC Player of the Year, and I don't think it's particularly close. Um, if you look at you know some of the the raw stats, you know maybe Skyler 
doesn't stand out necessarily, although he's the only player in the conference putting up the numbers that he's got right now. I think he's at 16 points, five rebounds, four assists, two steals. No one else in the conference is doing that. And uh, what I think is the the clear distinction between Skyler and the rest of the conference is he's the best player on the best team right now. And you can make an argument for Kerry Blackshear at Florida. You can make an argument for Mason Jones at Arkansas, Ashton Hagens at Kentucky. Uh, all, all have arguments. I think it's Skyler right now. I think he's kind of the, the driving force for LSU. He's playing as well as he's played throughout his career. He's knocking down three-pointers, which he didn't last year, uh, although he, he did early in the season and then in conference play struggle a little bit. But he's knocking down three-pointers. He's getting to the free-throw line like he does. And he's doing some different things. He, he He's defending at an elite level, which he did last year. He's, he's picking up a bunch of steals. I think he's third in, in the SEC in steals. But he's handling the ball a lot more. And part of that is just, you know, LSU, they, as they struggled earlier in the season to figure out how to close games, they decided to, to move Skyler on the ball more late. And other than that last minute against Florida, which I don't know how much I want to talk about that or not, just because it was kind of a, a collapse from LSU and, and Will Wade after the game. Took some blame for that because they haven't really worked on it, but it was just not very good basketball from LSU. Other than that last minute, um, Skyler really controlled – the, the last seven minutes of the game for LSU. And I thought that the, the driving point, the dividing point when LSU kind of took over was when Skyler uh, scored five straight points. He had a, a tough layup over Blackshear. He had a three, a contested three, a deep three late in the shot clock. And then seconds later got a steal that led to a Darius Day's layup, layup. And it was a 7-0 run for LSU. It pushed them away from Florida. Points that they needed <laughs> but by the game's end because, of course, Florida got that shot off with, uh, with, with what was ruled – initially in time to force overtime upon review it was not often time thankfully for LSU but just look at Skyler's last three games he's got seven assists against Florida he's got four assists against Ole Miss he's got eight assists against Texas A&M so he's handling the ball more he's got the game-winning shot that he hit against Mississippi State at home um, you know he, he's he's really taken over for LSU his last what is this 10 games 11 games 12 games uh, he's been in double figures, so he's just been really consistent scoring the ball. He's getting a bunch of steals. I, I just think he's the best player on the best team, and he's uh, he's made the case to me for SEC Player of the Year. Certainly first-team All-SEC early in the conference slate. There's still 12 games to go. It's a third of the way through, but I think Skyler's made that case so far. I asked Will Wade the other day, and this this is one of those those things that worked out well. Um, sometimes you, you start working on a story, or you think of an idea, and you ask a question, and then the next game, it all goes to waste because the guy you're asking about doesn't play well or something. This was not the case. I was thinking about Skyler and and this this idea that he's the best player in the conference right now. And so I asked Will Wade before the Florida game, where has Skyler improved the most? And other than some of the obvious, like he's shooting the ball a little bit better from three, um, this was Will Wade's answer. I thought it was really interesting because it, it definitely paid off against Florida. The thing I would say he's improved the most on is his patience. You know, te- it's different. Teams are... You know, last year everybody's defense was built to stop Tremont, so they're trying to bottle him up off of ball screens. And this year, teams are loading to to Skyler, and it's tough. You know, you want to score and kind of get going early in the game, and you know, especially early in the game, teams are building a building a wall, not letting him drive it. And you know, I thought the last couple of games, Mississippi State and and uh, and A and M, I think he's he's been patient and understood that. All right, look, I got to take what the defense gives me. They're they're keying on me here, especially early on in the game, and you know that's our job as coaches to move them around. Sometimes we put them on the ball, we take them back off the ball, we try to move them around a little bit so they can't you know they can't build everything into them. But he, he's done a good job of 
being patient and picking his spots and knowing when to strike and knowing when to when to be a great teammate and understand that the you know they got ten eyes on him when he drives the ball. So that means we got four guys that are open or gonna gonna be put in rotation when he kicks it out. So obviously that uh, that quote proved prescient. Skyler really picked his spots well against Florida. He only had four points in the first half. They would really had game plan to to take away his driving lanes. Uh, they they were guarding the elbows. They switched everything, and LSU's game plan against that was not to necessarily exploit the mismatch initially as soon as the switch was made, but to move the ball a little bit, get the defense rotating, and then attack the mismatch. Early, that meant Trenton Wofford. Trenton Wofford kind of carried LSU offensively in terms of finishing in the first half. He had 12 points, and Skyler only took a couple shots. I think he only had four shots. He had four points. Um, He had three assists, so he was getting other guys involved and, and kind of waiting patiently. And then he struck in the second half. He had 14 points after halftime. He had four assists after halftime. Uh, he decided when was the right time to strike, and that's how he uh, took over in the second half and led LSU to the biggest win of the season so far over Florida. So to kind of the the flip side of that quote from Will Wade about Skyler May's patience before the Florida game, here's Will Wade on Skyler May's patience after the Florida game. Thought he did a great job. You know, he was just kind of plugging along, and they were building their defense into him. And and um, you know, when he got the ball in the mismatch, they were really at the elbows. There was not a whole lot of places to drive the ball, and so we had to get it moving. And he got going when he got it in the corner and was able to drive it. We called a couple set plays for him, and even on the sets that we normally run for him, Florida did a good job. They do a great job scouting. I think they're one of the better teams in our league at scouting. I think my staff does a great job, and I think. Florida, Auburn. I think there's some really good teams scouting-wise in our league, and I think they're one of the better ones. And even the plays we were running for him, they were loading to him, and he had to hit slips and stuff like that. But it's like I tell him, eventually, you know, every team, the first probably thing they say about us is, you got to block them out. You got to block them out. Well, that sounds good, but for about the first four or five minutes, you'll block us out. But if we keep going, you can't block us out all night. Like, we're eventually going to just kind of break the dam, and the water's going to flow over. And so we've we've got to we got to keep going. That's the thing with Skyler. They can, they, can, they can be focused on him for, for periods of time, but over the course of a 40-minute game, you're going to lose him quite a bit and lets him to get loose, and that's what he did in the second half. So one of the big storylines for LSU right now is playing without Charles Manning. He went down, I believe, in that Texas A&M game, if, if my memory serves me correctly, and he had been playing so well. I had talked about um, how much I enjoyed – Charles play up to that point and, and just what a perfect glue guy he was and, and the way that he plays on both ends, the way that he doesn't need the ball to score, the way that he can score with the ball in his hands. And so to see him go down was a real bummer. And all you know, at this point in the year, it throws a real monkey wrench into what you're doing in terms of rotation for LSU. Uh, Marlon Taylor hadn't been healthy yet uh, to that point. James Bishop had been um, going through the, the freshman growth curve. And so Will and, and LSU really needed to find someone to, to pick up some of those minutes. Now, fortunately, something we'll talk about in a second, Martin Taylor has started to play really well the last two games in particular, doing things that, that only Martin Taylor could do. But before that, the guy who stepped up was Andre Hyatt. And it wasn't necessarily statistically. Uh, I'm going back and looking at the, the numbers from Hyatt over the last couple of games. He had uh, the, the biggest one was when he knocked down a couple of threes at Ole Miss. He had six points. I think he hit one three at, at Texas A&M in 19 minutes. Um, those were his two big, bigger uh, offensive contributions. He had, I think, six rebounds against Texas A&M, so six, three points but six rebounds. And he also had uh, three rebounds against Ole Miss. So he was contributing a little more statistically in those games. He only played 10 minutes against Florida 
didn't score, didn't shoot the ball, but he did make a big winning play at the end. Um, he was in there defensively as kind of an offense-defense substitution switch for for Emmett Williams, who was in some foul trouble. Uh, got a big stop late on, on Scotty Lewis, forced a turnover that certainly proved valuable for LSU in a game that went down to one possession. But what I like about Hyatt and what Will Wade likes about Hyatt and what I think sticks out on tape when you watch him is he's just a really high IQ player. Uh, he moves the ball really well on offense when he goes in um, he, he's not holding it. The offense doesn't bog down. In fact, I think it picks up a little bit. He screens well. One of the threes he hit against Ole Miss was coming off a stagger, uh, off off his uh, his weak side. He was coming from right to left, had to right-left, one-two footwork into it, which is very difficult for right-handed shooters, made it look very, very easy, knocked it down. And you can see he brings a different element to LSU than anybody else. He's got the size to kind of step in and play two through four, um, but he, he can guard two through four. He can uh, he can he can switch. He's a great help side defender, and he just the, the scoreboard as Will Wade will say here in a second moves in the right direction when he's in. He was plus seventeen, I think, against Ole Miss in just sixteen minutes. Or he was excuse me, I had that backwards. He was plus sixteen in seventeen minutes against Florida. I think he was about neutral, but um, he he just comes in. He does things the right way. He's a smart player, and he kind of fits in with the pieces around him. And I think it's been huge for him to develop with Charles Manning out because by the time Charles Manning gets back, as you kind of heard Will Wade talk about at the beginning of the show in that sound clip that I played, and you'll hear it again later in in the context of Marlon Taylor, you're starting to develop some real depth in the backcourt. And Andre Hyatt has been a big part of that. Oh, he does everything well. He, you know, he 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 does everything like you like like you like him to do. He he's a tremendous help side defender. He very rarely gets beat. He crashes the glass every time, you know, offensive rebounding-wise. Uh, he goes every time. If you go, you're going to get some. There's not a lot of technique involved in it. If you just go and have a motor, you know, the ball's going to fall in your hands a few times. And so he does a good job. He does a good job there. He's a great passer and ball mover on offense. I mean, that thing moves. He doesn't hold the ball. He's shot faking and punching the next gap and hitting the next guy or he's, or he's, or he's shooting it. I mean, the ball never the ball never sticks with him. He's a good ball mover. He's tremendous in zones. You know, we're going to see some zone against, against Ole Miss. I feel great about him. He's made some huge plays out of the middle of the zone for us all year. So we feel very good about putting him in against the zone and having him work against the zone. So just he does everything very, very well. He's a cerebral player. He's smart. He, he thinks the game. He knows the game. So he's somebody that we really, um, really trust and, and, and value. And he's, you know, he's he's playing well for us. He's playing very, very well for us. And he's going to get some extended minutes. And I think he's going to going to play even better. The other guy who's playing well, as I mentioned, was Marlon Taylor, whose contributions the last two games have been winning contributions in games that LSU won by four points and two points. Marlon made a huge difference against Ole Miss. He had 13 points, six rebounds. Uh, knocked down, what, a couple three-pointers? He knocked down one three-pointer but got to the free-throw line a ton and uh, and made several winning plays. I think late in the game it was a two-point game, and he just comes crashing in like a high jumper, full sprint, goes up, gets an offensive rebound that nobody else is going to get, gets fouled, makes two free throws, puts the game on ice for LSU. And against Flor- uh, against Florida, he was similar contribution, uh, mostly on the offensive glass. I think he finished with six offensive rebounds against Florida, um, just made play after play when LSU needed him to, 10 points, uh, 11 rebounds in that game, uh, just guarding uh, on the other end against whoever they need him to guard. He can um, kind of take over for Manning as that primary defender, still getting used to that role, um, which he played well last year, still getting healthy. Um, but I thought he was just huge 
uh, against Florida and uh, certainly against Ole Miss. Getting him back to where he needs to be is huge for LSU, particularly in Manning's absence because he can kind of fill in as that 6'5", 6'6", wing who can guard and, and, and make some plays on the offensive end. But when those guys get together and, and when they're on the floor together, once Manning gets healthy, you've got some real options. You can put Skyler at the point and those two guys on the wing. Um, you could play Skyler and Javante together and then Manning and and Taylor together and play one big inside and go a little bit smaller and more mobile. It just gives you a ton of options, a ton of flexibility, and uh, it's it's going to be huge for LSU's depth going down the stretch. And you could tell Will Wade was excited after the game about that developing depth. I'm, I'm going to play this clip here where he's talking about Marlon and just how hard Marlon's working to stay healthy, to stay on the floor. Um, he's putting in a ton of time in the training room. And how that development and that addition of Marlon getting back to where he was last year really changes the forecast for LSU. You know, I always say this to people. He's like a high-end track athlete. Those of you who cover track, you know, those people, everything has to be absolutely perfect in alignment for them to run, you know. And that's how Marlon is. He's obviously a high-level athlete. So all his stuff, and I think he's feeling confident. And like I said, Sean and and Doc have done a a tremendous job. I mean, he's getting an hour to two hours of treatment every day. I mean, he's in there getting treatment after the game right now. So, I mean, he's just – you know, he understands what he's got to do to put himself in a position to be able to go out there and play. But the way he was flying around the rim and six offensive rebounds and some huge offensive rebounds in the second half, you know, that's what we that's what we need from him. I mean, our teams, we're coming along now. You know, we got, we got him playing at a high level and we get Charles Manning back. He was playing at an extremely high level coming into that and Hyatt's given us good minutes. Like, we're, we're starting to, we're starting to build. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what we can, what we can do here moving forward. All right, up next, LSU heads to Texas to take on the Longhorns on the road in a game where LSU is clearly the uh, the, the much hotter team, to, to say the least. LSU's won seven straight. Texas has lost two in a row. One was at home to Kansas. The other was on the road to West Virginia in a blowout, 97-59 in favor of West Virginia. This is a Texas team that is, uh, is struggling, to say the least. Defensively, they've been pretty good. Um, not a typical Shaka Smart team. They're not really trapping and pressing and, and speeding teams up, um, but they are, um, they're, they're actually slowing teams down. They're, they're 337th in terms of defensive tempo, so they're, they're playing teams really slow, slowing teams down a ton. They're contesting a lot of shots. They, they still do force a lot of turnovers, um, but they have some weaknesses defensively, particularly they're not a very good defensive rebounding team, which is a, a recipe for disaster when you're playing LSU, who's one of the best uh, offensive rebounding teams in the country. Um, offensively, they've really, really struggled. Um, they don't get to the free throw line very much at all. They don't make a lot of free throws. When they do get there, um, they shoot a lot of threes, and that's how they can beat you. They're, they're not a great three-point shooting team this season, but they get a large percentage of their points from the three-point line. In fact, they're 20th in the country. They get almost 40% of their points from the three-point line. And if they are going to beat you, um, like they did on the road against Oklahoma State the other day. It's going to be behind hot three-point shooting. Um, if, if they get hot from three, which they can, they, they've got guys that can shoot it. They're going to shoot a lot of threes. They hit 15 threes against Oklahoma State. That's how they can beat you. And uh, and they're going to be very, very hungry against LSU because they're they're a team that's in a little bit of a – I wouldn't say a free fall, but uh, they're, they're off to a 2-4 and four start in Big 12 play. They need a marquee win. Their best win so far was uh, at Purdue early in the season when that – that looked like a little bit better of a win since then. Purdue struggled quite a bit. They're ten and nine, and they've lost four or five uh, overall. So they're, they've struggled a little bit too. But Texas hasn't really beaten 
any good team per se, uh, other than Purdue early early in the season. Purdue's still thirtieth in, in Ken Palm, which is pretty remarkable considering their their overall record. But Texas is struggling, and uh, that means they're going to give LSU their best shot. Uh, fortunately, LSU's been very, very good on the road. LSU's playing well right now. Uh, I think the key is going to be, can LSU crash the offensive glass, which they, they do pretty much every game, and uh, and can LSU defend the three-point line? If they do those two things well, I really like their chances against Texas, and that'll set them up at 15-4, and four, possibly with a chance to get in the top 25 poll. I believe LSU was number 27 this week in terms of votes. Uh, that win over Florida will help. A win on the road at Texas would help. And then you go into a stretch where you've got some winnable games with Alabama, uh, Ole Miss at home, and then you go to Vanderbilt against a Vanderbilt team that's uh, yet to win an SEC game. So good uh, good position for LSU so far. Kind of what I, ex- I expected from LSU. I, I remember early in the season when, when, teams were, uh, when fans were a little bit concerned about LSU uh, losing those non-conference games, losing a close one to USC, losing at home to East Tennessee State, who's pretty good, by the way. Uh, that East Tennessee State teams only lost three games all year. They're 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 pretty good, so um, that puts that into a little bit of context. But close loss to Utah State, close loss to to VCU. People were a little bit worried about this LSU team, and it's just kind of a typical Will Wade team. You know, they're they're young. Um, they only bring back you know about fifty percent of their minutes from last year. They're still uh, one of the youngest teams in the country, three hundred sixteenth in terms of uh, experience, according to Ken Palm. And Will Wade's teams just seem to get better as the season goes on. He's as good as anybody at not only preparing his team, but finding the weaknesses, working on those, and then accentuating the strengths of his team, which is what he's done with this team. They get to the free throw line a ton. They get to the rim a ton. And uh, it's not necessarily the most aesthetically pleasing brand of basketball. The the ball's not whipping around. Um, They're not shooting a bunch of threes. They're not getting up and down and running a ton. And In terms of tempo in the conference, they're actually 10th. In, uh, in the conference in tempo, but they're first in offensive efficiency. One, because they get on the offensive glass. They, they're getting 41% of their misses in conference play, which is ridiculous. They finish in the paint, and then they get to the free throw line a ton, and uh, and they make their free throws. So it's uh, it's it's Will Wade's kind of his his MO as a coach. He, he knows how to bring out the best in his team, uh, how to identify the strengths of them, emphasize them, build his his system around them, and, uh, and then improve the things they need to improve on. So Speaking of improving the things they need to improve on, closing out games, it's like they, they struggled against Florida, and that's something they'll be working on in practice. Will Wade said that's something they hadn't worked on much this year. Uh, I'm sure that's something they're working on today and tomorrow as they get ready for Texas because it's going to need to be cleaned up. They, they know that, um, but they, they that's Will Wade's kind of his his MO, like I said. Um, he, he's very, very good at identifying the things that need to be worked on and working on them at the right time. So uh, looking forward to this little stretch for LSU. A couple home games next week. The PMAC was awesome on Tuesday, by the way. If you weren't out there, definitely get out there for the Alabama game and the Ole Miss game. Uh, great atmosphere. The students were there early. That was awesome. The the, the 6 o'clock tips are a little bit tougher for for fans coming in from out of town or even from Baton Rouge when you get off work at 5. But the crowd ended up being great. Really electric at times, and uh, this is a team that, again, cream of the crop of the SEC with uh, with Kentucky coming to Baton Rouge in uh, in just under a month. If LSU can get to that to that game and uh, still be in a position to be at the top of the conference, uh, it could be a fun close down the stretch. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and throw to the Emmett Williams interview, just a quick little conversation with Emmett Williams. That'll do it for me, though, on this show. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, please like, review, rate, subscribe, all that stuff. Share with your friends. Looking forward to talking with you all again next week. Here's Emmett Williams. All right, happy to be sitting today with Emmett Williams, sophomore forward for the LSU Tigers. Emmett, a uh, lot I want to talk with you about, but I want to start with something that your coach has talked a lot about this this offseason and 
coming into the season, the, the change of mentality that you've taken into the new year, having tested the draft waters, having uh, gotten a look at the next level and going through that process. What was that process like? What was kind of the experience like for you, and how did it change you? Uh, it's a blessing that I got an opportunity to go through that process. Um, I learned so much going through it. I was also there with my, one of my former teammates, Skylar Mays and uh, Tremont Waters. So to be there with those guys testing the water was, was amazing. I learned so much at uh, Boston and uh, the Thunder. I learned things you can do as a big there, like that you guys labeled me as. So I took some notes from there, brought it back to college, and um, tried to put it in my game. What, what was the feedback like for you? I, I'm sure the things that stand out for you, obviously, are your size, your wingspan. Actually, my feedback was amazing. Like, a lot of guys think I couldn't shoot because that's what I just don't show it. I don't have to. I got teammates that can do that, and um, I'd rather have the assist than have the opportunity for me to shoot. But uh, this year, I tried to show my best, show my best, um, show that I can shoot. So, speaking of shooting, Will said that you shot 500 shots a day. No, I'm sorry, you made 500 shots a day during the summer, is that right? Uh, was that something that someone presented to you? Is that a goal that you set for yourself? Uh, it was really like a goal I set for myself. It's like, Emmett, like if you really say you want to do this and make money off of it, you got to like take it and really like grind. Like if you want to make money from this, you got to grind. Like this has to be my everyday job. So I made it, made it into my, um, I had put it in my daily routine to make 500 shots a day. So no matter what, I got to go make 500. So when you make 500 shots a day, is it 500 jumpers? Is it it's, like it's everywhere from the floor, from the free throws to mid range to to everything, hook shots. It's like it might not sound like a lot, but actually making 500 is 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 it's kind of difficult. I mean, it sounds like a lot to me. I, I can't yeah, speak for everybody. Else, a lot of people say they shoot 500, but how much do you actually make? Yeah. So that's the real key to it. So give me like a number or like a time period, like if. The, the first day that you're like, all right, I'm going to make 500. How long did it take you? How many shots did it take you versus oh, the last I, day after you got back? I better. try not to keep it like that. That's what gets people frustrated because yeah. you're like, damn, today I ain't shoot like I shot yesterday. So my goal is, is to make it. I don't give a damn how many. I mean, sorry. I don't matter how many shots it takes me to get there as long as I make it. Because the, the way our, our gun is used, it doesn't keep track of how many shots we keep. So I'm not going to keep. That's like in the thousands. <laughs> So the, the gun will track the makes for you then? So you weren't there like with a pen and a pad like keeping track of it? It's, it's new school. <laughs> how, how much more confident do you feel now having gone through that? And I mean, I, I feel, think your first make of the season was a three, right? Yes. I had to make sure like, I felt like that was, that was my goal. I said, I'm going to let people know I can shoot this ball. I'm not just a guy that can be out there just, just to dunk. Now when people guard me, they don't know how to guard me now. They're like, dang, scouting the court, they say he can't shoot. Coach, he just shot and made one. What do I do now? It's like, well, go out there. You go out there, I'm going to go by you. So I'm just trying to make it uh, more difficult for me to guard and uh, make my teammates a more uh, better opportunity to come open, be open. Mentality-wise this year, playing in a new role last year, I think you were averaging about 7-5. and five. I think Will always said, go, go be the leading rebounder every game. Now there is more of a scoring burden on you. You have guys around you that can still score, but you're just taking that next step in your career. Uh, How much does the mentality change? I really just try to go get, try and get those dirty buckets. I'm that guy that try to go get the offensive rebound and try to get the rebound and push it. So that's why a lot of my points come in at. And uh, mentality-wise, I, I watch more film with the coaches. Coach GH, me and him watch film almost. Well, we do watch film almost every day, other than when we're off. And uh, I just try to put my game in, put their game in with mine. Who are, who are some of the NBA guys that you look at and, and you want to try to take some things from? Oh, Draymond Green. I look at a lot of guys like that on my size. 
that actually play just like me. So like Dennis Rodman, people say I play like Dennis Rodman, but I can do more than rebound. How about the, the personality of this team? You know, you, you lose Tremont, you lose Naz, you lose Cavell, but you bring in some new guys. You still have some uh, constants like Skyler. How, how different is the personality of the team? Oh, uh, it's the same. Like I still keep in contact with everybody. Just those guys not in the gym with me. I, know I talk to Cavell and Nazi Trey all the time. We watch their games and they still tell us what we could do better. Like Cavell always look up, look down to us and be like, hey, little bro, you could do this. Like Trey talked to the guards, Nazi tried to talk to me and Darius. So like they still keep in contact with us. They're like our big brothers now. Off to a five and two start this year as a team. How do you kind of assess the way that y'all started this year? You had a couple games that were close. Maybe could have gone the other way, but oh, didn't, didn't it's basketball. Anything. Like you understand, like that's how we were last year. We went down to Florida and lost those two games to Florida State and Oklahoma. Come back and win the uh, SEC. So we kind of start off like we did last year. No, not a big thing. Not a big problem. Figure out our problems. Watch film. Work on it. Practice. Get better every day. When you're watching film the last couple of days, what are you looking at? Where are you trying to improve as you take? Uh, I, I look at all the all the wrongs and try to figure out what can I do to help to make help to make my team better. Is it can I set a screen in a different angle, or or should I have done that better? Or if I set this screen, if I roll at this angle, I'll be more open. So like I try to look at the little things. How do you like playing in that big man rotation where you've got? Darius on the floor, you on the floor, Trinidad on the floor. It's a bigger, it. bigger lineup. What do you I like about it? I love it because everyone thinks I'm a big, but everyone on the team is a big. You got Trinidad at 6'9". Say he's a big, but he's going to drive you to the basket. He's a guard. You have Darius Days. You say he's a big. He's going to shoot in the basket. And you have me. You say, I'm a big. Like I said, I'm going to take you on the perimeter. At the same time, I like bullying and putting you in the basket. <laughs> do you have a play so far this season that stood out to you the most as one that you kind of really enjoy, like if you were making a highlight tape for yourself, you put on there. The one that comes to mind for me um, was in Jamaica on the baseline where you kind of caught it, squared up, hit the three early in the game, nothing but net. I think it was against Rhode Island. If I'm oh, that's not even a play. That was just, I was just feeling it. You were just feeling it. Yeah, I really don't have a play. I just, at the moment, I see opportunity, I take it. Do you like this new offense? It's kind of this five-man motion offense. We How move more it? faster. And, uh, I get, this, get the uh, opportunity to show the stuff I can do. All right, man. It was good catching up with you, and uh, good luck going the rest of the way. Thank you. All right.